Uh, wait for the phone call <laughs> <laughs> or the email. And so they just yeah. called you, to congratulations. You're like, hell yeah. yeah. It just landed. Yeah. Oh my God, I thought my heart was going to jump out of my, my chest. I mean, <laughs> <gasps> was it the middle of the day? Like, how was I was on, I was actually on a bridge, I was driving a bridge, bridge crane. Oh, really? <laughs> You're driving um, a crane when they yeah. called you. <laughs> I was like, hey, I gotta call you back. Thank you so much, but I gotta call you back. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so excited, but I gotta call. Like everybody down there is just like waiting, like, mm-hmm. We gotta move this thing. <laughs> I'm just like, hold on. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> that was funny. For me, that's even like more telling of why you won the the competition. It's like you're embedded in this. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Neon Fabrications. We've started a podcast here to get deep into what it takes to build large-scale art, the people behind it, and the grit that makes it all happen. Can't wait to get into it with you guys. And with that, let's start our episode. I'm so excited to be able to share with you all the amazing work and words of Gwen Yen Chu today. Gwen is a Chicago-based Asian-American artist whose work explores the ephemeral nature of human history, social practices, and emotion through abstract imagery. Her process features fabricated and cast metal at its core, and you'll find a lot of Gwen's work is both whimsical, sobering, and incredibly well-crafted. She attended the Rhode Island School of Design for Fashion, and the School of the Art Institute of Chicago for Sculpture, receiving her BFA from SAIC in 2018. Since graduation, Gwen has both shown her work nationally and internationally, and what I'm even more excited about is that Gwen works as a metal fabricator, assisting artists around Chicago in all aspects of creating and producing large-scale sculptural works to build not only her own, but a community of making uh, with many artists around the city. So with that, let's dive right into it. Hey everyone, we're back here with Gwen Chu talking about the beginnings of how this large-scale work came to be. Yes. Uh, so it was a, um, anyone in the Chicago area could apply. Uh -huh. um, and it was a, there was a jury from, three people on the jury. One was the, I think the head curator at DePaul, okay. and then also at UIC, and then at the Art Institute, there was another curator that joined to be part of the jury to wow. choose the, the piece that could get installed. So you were there. making sketches or drawings and submitting mm -hmm. them with yep. a proposal? Yep. That's so that. Proposal, timeline, budget, and all the things that you're familiar yeah, with. And, yeah, yeah. Um, scale oh. and... Yeah. yeah. It's always nerve-wracking because I feel like you've designed it. Like you hope it fits in that budget. You hope you can do it in that time. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah. So they, it was a selection process. I'm sure there were dozens, if not, you know, I don't know, maybe up to a hundred or so applications. Mm -hmm. It was just an open competition. It was an open competition. Wow. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. That's huge. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so did they reach out to you? Did you present to them? How did that? So it was all a, a online submission. Okay. So you submitted a, a images, your proposal, your bio, all the basic stuff. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it was just open calls. So submit your work, submit your images and mm. your bio and 
Uh, wait for the phone call <laughs> <laughs> or the email. And so they just yeah. called you to congratulations. You're like, hell yeah. yeah. It just landed. Yeah. Oh my God. I thought my heart was going to jump out of my, my chest. I mean, <laughs> <gasps> was it the middle of the day? Like how was... I was on, I was actually on a bridge. I was driving a bridge, bridge crane. Oh really? <laughs> You're driving uh, a crane when they called you. <laughs> I was like, wait, I gotta call you back. Thank you so much, but I gotta call you back. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so excited, but I gotta call. Like everybody down there is just like waiting, like, mm-hmm. We gotta move this thing. <laughs> I was like, hold on. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> that was funny. For me, that's even like more telling of why you won the the competition. It's like you're embedded in this. Yeah. 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 So cool. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a fun fun journey. Just kind of going from, well, kind of went through the background of like my background of starting with Chinese painting, yes. and then I was studying fashion. Yes. And slowly, slowly moving to three D and more <laughs> harder materials, and now to metal metal casting, grinding and metal. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you love metal? Why did you come to? What did you think you came to this? Um. I think my main thing is that I fell in love with metals casting. Mm. Um, I loved the fact of like I could take something that was, say I made something uh, like some of the things that I've done before is like I've made garments and then I've cast those. Oh, beautiful! Um, the textures and yeah, yeah. And like you could like kind of almost uh, immortalize a thought, or like it's almost like it stops in time. It's yes. more, I think more of what I'm interested in. Um, like, uh, like I personally really connect with aluminum, mm. um, just because I think the ideas of like modern, um, say like the medical field, aluminum, like aerospace and aerospace design. The functionality mm -hmm. and like diversity yeah. of aluminum. Yeah. And then a lot of my pieces have to do with kind of these uh, uplifting or like twisting around, defying gravity gestures. Yeah, so, it's gorgeous. Uh, airspace and air travel and space travel, I think those are so, those connect with me really tightly. Um, You're connecting me back to the, who is the myth about the chair and the rockets? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so just mm -hmm. idea like the 40 candlelit rockets on a chair. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to take go it to space. space. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> I hope that's true. I just want it to be I, true. I, ho I, am, I hope it's true too. Yeah. I, love, I love that story so much. I, well, not the end. I mean, the end of it's just kind of unfortunate. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know. The emperor ends up murdering him. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, but it's... So, but just like that process and like that, I can just only imagine his excitement of oh my god I can light these candle yeah. rockets up and it's gonna like propel me into space and that, like, me flying and yeah <laughs> you feel like you're a kid again it's yeah. like childlike yeah. excitement yeah. yeah but that kind of like I don't know I feel like those are also things that really drive my work is uh, thoughts of like nostalgia mm. you know like the objects that I like to use are I like to use more um, commonly available objects I guess yeah uh, as part of my pieces whether it's the hat that's over there or the ladder or the chair oh, or boats yeah. um, we're also sitting I mean there's things of different scale there's chrysanthemum is it chrysanthemum chrysanthemum yeah, <laughs> which are, I think life-size right they're about you know yeah, a right fistful about. in mm -hmm. size 
So some larger pieces that are about three, maybe two and a half feet here. Yeah. But you do want to go, it seems larger, public art will be a larger scale. Yes. Are you, do you specifically want to work on that scale or is like, why are you interested in public work? I think uh, there's something to be said about it being in an environment mm. instead of say being in a gallery setting or somewhere indoors. Yeah. When the piece can actually live a life. You know, I think especially because I really like to work with these narratives and really a lot of my narratives are connected are connect are connected with people. It's all about the emotions of people or like social events that are going on or yeah. current news or um, and it's all about kind of I really try to encapsulate kind of personal emotions but really doing a lot of research onto like what's going on, the two sides of the coin. And I think the piece, because it, I like to work that way and I like to think about those types of narratives, to me it makes a lot of sense and it's really important to me that they're around, they're around the people. Mm. And something that is like almost everywhere. Commonly you could see it outdoors, you could be driving by, you could be, you know, it becomes part of the environment. And those are kind of the feelings I want to work with instead of it being like, on a pedestal in, <laughs> right. in, in, a, in a pristine show or, you know. The environment is too controlled. Mm -hmm. like, let it be part of this ever-changing right. outdoor. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's also one thing that's really lovely about metal is that um, over time, it's, I mean, it's much more permanent than we are. Yeah. But it still, there, it still rusts, it still oxidizes. I think there's something to be said about the piece having its own life as well. Yeah. You know? And not not completely finishing a surface so that it's like a, it's always gonna be shiny, you know. Like I like when it starts transforming and like really fun ones are like bronze pieces outdoors because they start turning these really cool colors. Yeah, metal's alive. Yeah, it is alive. Yeah. yeah. So kind of taking that, I like to have it be alive as well. Yeah, I love that. I think it's something. I don't know. There's different types of artists who are working now in the public realm, and I think. There's some who create more, say, installations or experiences and rooms, which are great. Other ones are just embedded in materiality, mm -hmm. I think, in that like tangible, like more literal sense, mm -hmm. and need them both. Um, I always wonder that like, if you are more interested in the materiality, the aliveness of the metal itself, does that actually necessitate a certain scale? Like, is it need to be, is it more approachable if it's the size of a human or if the there's something you can touch that's around the height of a hand or mm -hmm. an arm. Does that mean that you don't go too large because it becomes too monumental and then no longer tangible? And then right. other materials are therefore better? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. That's a good question. I think the, I think it really depends on the piece too. Um, I don't think so much about the materiality uh, as um, I think I like working with metal because it's it's a uh, it's tangible for me mm. as um, you're working as I'm working and mm. it's a process I'm familiar with. Whereas I think it really depends on the piece as well because like I also have pieces that are um, like I've I've kind of. 
have painted pieces. I have dabbled with like robotics, and oh, I've also cool. done like a lot of two. I do a lot of two D work as well. But I don't know. I think the metal doesn't. Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, not that we have to yeah. know the answer to it. Yeah. I think it's just kind of exploratory. Yeah. I'm thinking about Richard Hunt's new mm -hmm. Ida B. Wells installation. Yeah. That is overhead. Yeah. It's large. You can see it from a lot of different yeah. from different blocks away. Yes. Uh, it's also, I mean, you can see the markings of your his hand and the team's yeah. hand on it, yeah. which is really beautiful. But it's also lifted above you, so you never have a chance of touching the say the gestural part. Right. There's these big columns coming down. Right. And I kind of I love that. It's almost like it's frozen in time. At the same time, like I always have a yearning. I want to touch it. You want to touch it. Yeah. You want to touch yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you don't have to. I don't know. I'll think about that question. That's a, that's a good question. I've never really mm. thought about it that way. Um, one thing that's really interesting about the Ida B. Wells piece, though, is that, um, you know, there's that three columns that hold that piece. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was actually part of the team fabricating yes. that piece. Amazing. Um, so cool. So one thing that was the final thing that we did was we buffed out the whole surface to kind of make it uniform, mm -hmm. but what was really lovely that, um, and that will only kind of happen over time as well, is that the community would be touching the, the base of the piece, looking around the piece. Uh. Um, you could tell like, and it would patina immediately. So you could have all these, you had the community fingerprints on the, That's cool. the base. I love that. Yeah, fact. yeah. And uh, like you could tell someone was stretching, you know, <laughs> like they had their hands up like this. You could tell that they were the same size, around the same size. And yes. They were doing this, or you could tell that someone just had their fingers, tips on the surface of it, just looking, maybe looking up or looking mm. down or whatever they were doing. But that to me created a, a completely different story for the piece, you know, it was for this, uh, I mean, for Ida B. Wells, I mean, she was monumental to, mm. to the whole active, like, activism of the lynchings that were happening and also for all the... So um, wild, yeah. Yeah, just so, so important. And then just having this amazing monument for her, but then having mm. these community handprints on it, to me, that was, that, that was kind of where the, it made me a very precious. I, I, love, I, I did think about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that service that's holding up the sculpture actually is allowing those imprints to happen. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of the giving the sculpture the life. You yeah. Know, and, and that's something that Richard lives by that I, I definitely took from. And that's part of uh, working with him and learning that. Yeah. The giving the raw metal its own life. Yeah, I'm yeah. so happy he's getting, it feels like this so much attention right now mm -hmm. at the later years while he's still here and still working. Yeah. But I'm also hoping that that can happen for more artists at a younger time. And I think we're, I really do feel like we're hitting a moment that's more and more possible. I think it's part of it is technology. I think more of it, I think the pandemic, my personal feeling is that it's created a desire for more public spaces and more public events. Mm -hmm. that are outdoors yes. and communal yeah. and when that happens people want art they want experiences yeah. they want yeah. things that are going to engage them so i i think we're entering into a moment of excitement it's you know that people are they're hoping for the roaring 20s in the 20s and the 2000s right. i don't think there's going to be anything like uh, the yeah, 1920s but i think it's going to be a kind of a resurgence and i want to be there to help artists to make it happen large-scale yeah. works in the public realm so I'm trying to figure out 
what do artists really need? And like, what do you, if you were approaching a new work, I'm not able to say, you know, find all the commissions and, and, and show them all these, there's so many possibilities out there for new commissions. Right. But where would you need the most assistance, say, if you were to land another public work, or if you're trying to land a public work, where would you need, you think, the most support? Most, hmm. I think, I think there's a lot of technical stuff that, yeah. um, that every, like I think any artist that's working and, and artists that have more experience than me doing this, uh, and you, you kind of being someone that they, they look onto for this, the whole technical aspect of how to you, how do, how can I make this a tangible object? Yeah. How can yeah. I make this idea, this, this thing in the clouds into a real thing in this world? Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of, I feel like that's really the biggest hurdle. Um, because I, I know there's some artists that work both ways, hand in hand. They think about the technical aspect and then they also have the idea and they, they can uh, create a co cohesive yeah. kind of connection between the two. But at least for me, I'm someone that I... I have to have this, I need to be able to map out everything and maybe I take a little bit longer just because my brain just doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm all about the idea, okay, now what? <laughs> you know? It's that jump, there's, mm -hmm. there's an important jump. Yeah. yeah. But I think um, more than help, I, I think there's something that I'm really excited about, about all the public art that's been happening and also all these projects that I've been hearing about. I'm really looking forward to all these collaborations that can happen. Oh. You know, I think there's so many ideas going on and there's so many processes that are becoming um, more apparent. I think everything's just becoming more apparent, whether it's from uh, social media and like people sharing their processes or like people just yes. uh, like, you know, posting uh, different things that's just going on or you know they're not just like portfolio images right. you know, of completed work and there's there's a little bit more humanness to it instead love, of it yeah instead of it just being like a, a photo oh here's done oh that's gorgeous but <laughs> wow you know there's there's something more um, connected where you can connect a little better um, yeah. through process and like kind of there's something human about it and, and just see the struggles as it's happening yeah, and what exactly. it took to make it. Right. Yeah. And because of that, I think people, hopefully, I, I feel more comfortable, but hopefully people feel more comfortable connecting with each other. Mm. And then from there, having kind of joining ideas together, creating pieces together. And yeah. I mean, these large just objects and works and sculptures that I'm sure you have been part of, it takes a team. Always you know, takes it, a team. It never yeah. is just one person. Um, and so, that's what's exciting, I think, about large-scale public work is yeah. it's never just one person. Right. Yeah. It's not just someone like cooped up in a studio drawing, <laughs> like, hammering away at something, or you know, it's, yeah. it's a whole team. Can um, we talk about that more? I think it's something I one of the reasons I started Neon Fab is my excitement for the making process mm -hmm. and celebrating the fabricators as much as the artist, as much as the installer, mm -hmm. much as the technical designer. Yeah. There's people with like very different brains who are yeah. providing very different services for this, or talents really, to these different sculptures. But I'm also finding with different artists that they don't want to share that process 
because that's what creates monetary value for them in their from their perspective right. of like some of it is more of a formalism if there's say a certain technology or a certain something they're known for mm-hmm. uh, making mm-hmm. that they don't want to share exactly how it's made because you know someone in another country might just rip it off right right um, or they'll you know if someone knows how it's made the magic behind it will be revealed yeah and so from their perspective the client would find that less valuable right I'm curious I mean maybe it's also working in metal it's a bit different mm-hmm. uh, but is that a worry of yours or do you think there's something else to be gained I think uh, I completely understand the perspective of the people who think that way because that is their trade you know that's yeah. what they that's what they specialize in I com- I completely understand that but for me say like something about my welding process or my casting process um, I don't feel that restriction uh, or I don't feel I don't feel the need to do that. I, I'd love to share it with people and I'd love to have people curious and ask me questions or they want to come jump in and join me or help me or whatever so cool. or I want to cast something. Yeah. Just I want to help. Can I join? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but because it's it's just the process. Mm. You know, um, at least for me it is. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Um, like I'm sure it's different if I was making my uh, salary from this, you know, I, then maybe I, I, I understand the, the, um, the reluctance to share all that information. But mm-hmm. I think because my ultimate goal is the peace. So to me, the process, I think, should be accessible to everybody. Mm. Um, like, it's kind of like the idea of, uh, you know, no artworks are completely original. Right. You know, someone's definitely there's whether something that's this line or like this imagery. There's a lineage of it's coming. Yeah, there's yeah. always a lineage. Um, and whether it was someone that influenced you or someone that you had a conversation with or, you know, it, it's all of these things connected together that create the pieces. Yeah. So ultimately, even if you're sitting alone in a dark room painting or sculpting or whatever, uh, it's not just you by yourself. It's right. It's everything that's influenced you over the over the, the course of your life. I think. And so, do you? You mentioned this is not my salary, but there's this is you're in it really for the piece to come alive. Mm-hmm. Is what do you do to make a salary? Is do you work for? I know you work with other artists mm-hmm. as as your like side hustles. What do you? Yeah. How do you um, so that's that's what I usually do. So I actually uh, help with large scale fabrication um, yeah. of. Sculptures. You're already embedded in the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is natural. Yeah, yeah. So I'm typically hired out. Uh, I've I've worked with people who install pieces. I've worked with people mm. who, uh, as a welder, I've worked as finisher. I've, yeah. I've done um, wax working, cast work, uh, but I do operate. Um, I do earn my salary or my rent through that. Yeah. Um, and then that's great. Whenever I can have a show, if I can sell a couple of pieces, <laughs> which is coming up right now, <laughs> we'll yeah. add some links and things hopefully. <laughs> um, so then, where was I going to ask if you were to say able to provide your own salary through your own work, would are you interested in having a larger studio or more people on your team or things like that, or do you like do you want to keep it tight and is this like a personal holy space? sacred space for you 
I mean, I would, of course, love to have a bigger studio. <laughs> <laughs> Physically. Physically. Yeah, yeah, bigger space, more yeah. space, yeah. I mean, if I can, like, I would love to be able to build bigger pieces, you know, uh, yeah. or something comparable to life size or a little bit more, or I'd, I'd love to be able to have those options. Which we were saying requires a team, so more people would get involved. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of like, it's it's up to like if people want to come hang out and if if I could help them some way and it's all about give and take I feel for this community the arts yeah. community like I can help you if you can help me yeah and then we can exchange ideas have conversations I think that's what's most important to me instead of like trying to hire someone out to right. help me out and of course those times come <laughs> there's a deadline and you gotta get something done but. Um, I'm hearing that like the aspiration is more to create larger pieces and then the studio size whatever needs to happen to support that yeah. will come into place yes. and follow it yeah yeah that would be uh, well, that would that's the aspiration <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah ultimately like I'm I like it when it comes naturally you know I'm I'm not interested in like hiring people to, oh, because this will be a, another line on your resume so you could work as an intern. I'm not interested yeah, in that, yeah. you know, that, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if, I'm, if I'm hiring someone, I'm paying them. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and they're yes. getting a proper rate, <laughs> Yes. you know, yes. for what they do. And then like, if there's some sort of exchange that can happen, whether it's I learn something from them or they, I can teach them something, you know, that's, that's the, that's the best, I feel like that's the best way while that's, while this is all going on and. Yeah. I love that. It's like an economy uh, within yeah. the art world and there is, there's money there to be made. There's people are interested. Yeah. It supports other places, development, it supports yeah. institutions, communities. It's all about the community, I feel. It's, yeah. it's all about these different strings that you can connect with, Yeah, right? what was the name of that? The, the red, red strings of, of fate? fate. Yeah. yeah. It's all yeah. about how many strings you can create. And then like, and that's kind of what is precious yeah. about, I feel, these kinds of arts or community. It's because it, it's ultimately, you know, the pieces need, I want the pieces to go out into the space for for to connect with people yeah. you know, as a living thing and for that you need to connect with more people and feel yeah. things and and give your process to yeah. others Experience. yeah with others yeah yeah i think it's a really nice place to at least end the interview i'd like to take some photos if it's all right yes. and stuff and yes. not other things we'll yes. see okay <laughs> Don't take pictures of my mess. <laughs> Very zoomed in. <laughs> this detail here. Thank you so much, Sean. Oh my god, thank you. This is so good. Thank you, yeah. Oh. Hope that was okay. Uh. <laughs>